Welcome to the latest podcast in the Workplace series from the People Mentor, Nicola Richardson. Hi, welcome to the latest podcast from Nicola at the People Mentor. Today we're interviewing Lisa Lord, whose business is the Light Bulb Tree. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Nicola. It's gorgeous to be here. Thank you. Uh, it's lovely. I, I'm really looking forward to finding out a bit more about you and your business. So tell us a bit about your business first. Okay, so uh, the light bulb tree is a coaching and consulting business. Um, we basically help people and organisations maximise careers without minimising lives. So we very much help people think about uh, being able to progress through organisations, having great careers, but actually still being able to enjoy what happens outside of their lives, whether that's families or triathlons or whatever mm-hmm. they happen to do. Mm. So that's, that's what we do. We, we do it in a number of ways. That sounds really interesting because I do feel that society seems to have got more and more work focused. I don't know what you're seeing um, out there. Yes, definitely. So, you know, I've, I've spent most of my career in corporate life and the reason I'm pursuing what I'm doing now, my mission is really to help as many people enjoy their work and life as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways I do that is through creating flexible working cultures um, as well as high performance mm. and development. But it's what I am seeing is the presenteeism culture is growing. Mm. Um, people are feeling that they have to keep their desires outside of work what they really want to be spending time on quiet and just be this sort of work automaton computer machine just plowing in and turning up and doing what they have to do and not really doing much else and and there's a big stigma both for women and men about actually acknowledging you have a life Mm. um, and that it might be as important as your career aspirations Mm. you know what right you're so right it's, it is. It's just, and I'm seeing a lot of judgment happening in organisations with leadership there, that unconscious bias or even conscious bias, mm. the, the assumptions that because you have X, Y and Z outside of work, that means you don't want to progress, grow, develop. And that's all, that's all taking place without actually asking individuals. So connecting with people is important to me. So that that really um, hits a nerve, actually, uh, because um, having worked in a corporate place and also started my business at the same time, it was assumed that I still didn't want to get on because I'd now started my business, which wasn't the case at all. Um, And there was no conversations around that at all. So there's a definite need around educating people, I think. I completely agree. I'm seeing so many people wanting what I would call a portfolio life rather than a portfolio career, mm-hmm. um, which, which is where they actually want to be able to release their creativity in one way, but use their talent, skills and education in another. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, you know, in an ideal world, I'd absolutely love to have a couple of days a week doing a senior HR role like I used to in an organization and feeling connected to a a company, Mm -hmm. but they're not out there. 
and also they that there is this this obligation that when you work for an organization not not always there's there are some really phenomenal places to work that you are owned by that business that you you know, you, how could you possibly do two things at once? Yeah, no, that is very much out there, definitely. Um, <laughs> I, I've experienced it, yeah. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Um, so that's really interesting. So what made you actually start your business? Hmm. <coughs> I think it's like several things in my career and life. I sort of fell into it, which doesn't sound very convincing for other people. I um, I was made redundant at the end of literally New Year's Eve on 20, in 2015. I knew it was coming because I knew I'd been part of the organisational development team that designed the new structure for the organisation I was working with. And I knew my job was going to the States and I politely declined the offer to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had this cunning plan that I would take a few months off um, and that... I had outplacement, so I was going through coaching and outplacement training, and I hadn't had to apply for a job for a number of years. I've been so fortunate that headhunters had approached me for roles that I'd had historically. Yeah. So, and whilst in HR and I do recruitment, it doesn't mean you you know what what it feels like on the other side. So the outplacement seemed like a good idea, and yeah. some time off seemed like a good idea, but that only lasted <laughs> five weeks. <laughs> And, and I was approached by people in my network to help them with some cultural change projects. Cultural change is something I'm absolutely passionate about. I really, really love mm. creating phenomenal cultures in organisations. Mm. Um, and that was a what we call a fast and dirty project to create flexible working in, a, in, a, in a, an office in five weeks. Wow. Which was incredible I've subsequently gone back and helped that business with two other really big projects so it's great to see that um that business really embracing flexible working and interestingly they're they're shortlisted for some flexible working innovation awards um oh. at a forthcoming award event so just to know you've you've, you've started that little mm. nugget of of uh change it, it really gives me um a light heart I feel really good about that but now that's so so starting my business was oh okay I'll, uh, I'll do this project and then more projects came in and I started to realize that there are a lot of organizations that needed the experience that I'd gained historically in my career to help mm. them change the way they work for the better mm. so I I set up my own business under my own name initially mm. And then last year, I in uh, 2018, I changed the name of the business because I wanted to signify a change in what I was offering. I wanted to step away from being a pseudo employee project support consultant to actually I want to make this a mission to help yeah. more businesses change the way they work. Excellent. So when you say flexible working, what do you mean by flexible working? Do you know that is... A brilliant question. <laughs> An absolutely brilliant question because too many people don't ask that question. Mm. And flexible working for me is a spectrum of possibilities of ways of working from just tweaking your start and finish times through to what most organizations call totally agile working, where you choose where, when, and how you work 
but you make sure you're in the right place at the right time doing the right things. Yeah. Um, it's not about just being in office or just being at home. And it's not about just part-time or just full-time. Mm. So it's this vast spectrum, which frankly, I think scares a lot of people. I know a lot of people connect flexible working with the flexible working legislation, which, which to be honest to me is inflexible, flexible. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've probably got a good point there, actually. Well, swapping one set of working patterns for another isn't very flexible. Flexibility, no. if you look up the definition, is you sort of you ebb and flow with the needs of the business. And the best way to make flexible working work is when a team agrees how to work mm -hmm. and they, they wrap in individual preferences about how to work. Mm. But the fundamental, fundamental thing is that you're delivering what the business needs. Because if it doesn't work for the business, then it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, the business has got to... Uh, cover their customers needs and also needs to be making a profit doesn't it so it does it does indeed yeah oh that sounds really interesting and and it makes sense to me totally um so for a while in my part-time role I was able to choose whether I worked at home or in the office or whether I had to go out to a location to see somebody and although we did still have flexible hours they were fairly generous and so you could flex in and out as you needed and there really wasn't a lot of questions asked and as a result if you had peak work you worked longer hours and if it, if it was less busy you you could have a bit of downtime so that worked quite well how did it make you feel to have that sort of arrangement? Control. I, I have to have control. So that made me feel really motivated and happy. So it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? it? I think, I think a lot of it depends on your motivators, but most people like to feel they've got some control over their work, don't they? They do. They do. Absolutely. And that they're valued. Mm, exactly. And that you're trusted as well. Trust is the number one thing that you need. Yeah. Um, um, and I think it is about thinking about work and, and you've just described it beautifully thinking about what you have to do for work rather than you're at work between I don't know nine and five mm. you're actually thinking about what am I giving delivering what's my contribution versus I've sat on a chair what, looking at a computer screen for eight hours yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> having spent two hours commuting <laughs> yeah so what what's your your take on um where the business is so so busy that they're that the staff are having to do really long hours for a few weeks do, do you feel that there needs to still be some balance there yes i do completely well-being of you know, all of our well-being is really critical. Mm. People who are happy and who have good, you know, have looked after their well-being and are supported perform better. So I was actually having this conversation, I think with a firm of lawyers recently, mm -hmm. about this culture of, well, we come in really early and we, we, we maybe do 12, 14 hours and then we go home. Mm. So how do you, how do you, respond to the cognitive depletion that you get because we can't power through 
that length of time day after day after day you can for short bursts yeah I mean, absolutely you can for short bursts but we we can only there's so much research and evidence out there about how the brain works and making sure yes you could do several weeks of long days having good rest days in when you're not at work is important understanding yourself well enough to know what do i need to do to recharge Mm. which is quite a critical thing eating healthily and taking even just micro breaks through the day you know the Mm. even if you do the pomodoro technique or something where you've got sprints of activity 30 45 minutes Mm -hmm. Uh, schools are seeing it as well schools are seeing that that children young people need a break around 40 45 minutes even if it's only five minutes because our brains can't plough through um, much beyond that without a mini recharge. So, mm. so, exactly. so having the, yeah, those breaks in the day are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, helping yourself sleep better, and I'm not always good at that. I, I'm very <laughs> honest about, um, you know, I, I can say a lot of things. I try and be consistent about preaching them, but sleeping well from you know you can vary people can argue they can go for different lengths of time but having a good chunk of sleep makes um, a huge difference doesn't it sleep. it really does and um i'm just you know not having your phone there and yeah know, all, all the advice which is particularly i think there's lots lots being shared at the moment about how you can sleep better but it is about looking after yourself um and not succumbing to junk food I think when we're we're really under the caution, our stress, our internal stress bucket is starting to fill up because we have that constant pressure. It might only be a short-term project. The, mm. the temptation is to sort of feed ourselves rubbish. <laughs> yeah, and I think as well because you're under pressure, you often it's like I do slimming well, but mainly because I like the healthiness of what of the way they preach and the fact it's generally natural food with Mm. you're making it yourself and um what so whilst I love doing that if I'm under pressure I tend to completely forget to plan completely forget to go out shopping and then it's whatever's handy or or let's go out for a quick meal you know to one of the fast places and that is when you start getting into bad habits isn't it and you can feel it when you've eaten well, you yeah. feel rubbish food going through you. I just yeah. similarly, I, I worked with a nutrition coach, fabulous lady last year, and totally mm. trained myself about mm. how to eat. And, you know, my, my daughter's recently become vegan. So that right. if you don't plan and you don't research, yeah. then, you know, I've got a responsibility to make sure that she continues to grow in a healthy way. And mm. we the same as her. Mm. Um, that helps a bit doesn't it well it helps with the planning for sure but it also you you start to feel you do feel when you're eating good food you can feel it in your body you can absolutely feel it yeah you can you doesn't can. mean I don't succumb to the chocolate rush every night. yeah it doesn't mean I don't succumb to the cakes <laughs> but but no you're right it's it's about you have to look after your well-being mm. Oh, that's really interesting and and that's helpful for anybody listening that that's something they need to think about so I think it's about getting that balance right isn't it and getting getting making the time for yourself yes time for yourself is you know I mentioned about 
when you're thinking you're, the days you're not working, how are you going to recharge? Um, I, I always equate us, I'd like to think of ourselves as little batteries, like we're so wrapped up in our mobile phones, it's quite a good analogy. Mm. Taking time to plug yourself into something that tops your battery up is really important, mm. whether it's um, going for a run or, or even watching, you know, having a Netflix binge, whatever it is, it's important that you, you work out how you best recharge. Being an extrovert or introvert can be quite a useful process to, to go through if you haven't already identified yourself. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, do you need to be around people? I find this particularly if I work from home too much, I can do about two days before I start talking to the dogs too much. <laughs> and, you know, how do you, how do you keep yourself feeling really good? That's the only person who can really deal with that is you. Yeah. Um, people around you will see the signs of when you're starting to go off track a little bit. Um, it's whether they're brave enough to point it out. Mm. I think I think you're right totally um it's interesting isn't it so I I've always classed myself as an extrovert but what I have realized as I've got older is that I can um go and spend time with a lot of people and really enjoy it but I do need some quiet time afterwards definitely um and the same yeah. as you if I'm too long on my own um i start to go a bit wappy so i need people around me every so often anyway so it's it's that it's that balance again isn't it it is and i think i was i was delivering um a development session yesterday and i was in the room with an awful lot of introverts um so and it was i was driving home and chatting to my friend on the phone saying hands free i hasten to add um yeah so i feel absolutely shattered but it was because I'd really had to, we call it dialing up, dialing down energy mm. to, um, to, to be able to give that group of people the best I could give them. And the way that I recharge then is I'll go out for a walk on my own with a dog. It doesn't matter what the weather is. Mm. I'll just go out into nature and just uh, you know, admire how the season's changing and you know, the mm. colour of the leaves or whatever it is. I, that, that's how I recharge completely on my own, just with the, the furry beast and um all beast hmm. you, have, you have to learn how to do what what works for you don't you you do um not so long ago i got what i call a foggy brain where i felt overloaded with information mm -hmm. um so i went for a long walk and it was across a very muddy field um, with pot, like not potholes, but holes in it. It's in, um, and it was like I had to really watch because I got completely the wrong shoes on, I hasten to say. Um, so it really made me concentrate. So by the time I got to the end of the field, my, my fog had completely cleared because I was so concentrating on one thing. It was amazing. And I just thought, well, I know now what I need to do when I get to that stage. <laughs> Try not to get to that stage, but if you do, this, that's a really good example actually because sometimes we think that if we carry on thinking about things we'll sort them out mm. you get the brain fog mm. actually stepping away from it and doing something totally different so your brain actually switches off is that was a really good example mm. it was amazing because I was just like oh and I I, I I get a lot of information on occasions um, from various sources, lots of different processes and what's involved. And, all. and I, I can go into this fog and I've now realised that's the only way for me to switch off is by doing something like that. So it's great when you find your own thing, isn't it? 
I think it is. And you, people can give you lots of examples, but you have to try them to see if they work for you. Exactly. It's not one size fits all at all, is no, it? No, it's like flexible working. There isn't one size fits all. No. <laughs> no, I totally agree. And I, and I love the, the thought and the approach that you're taking. It's really good to hear about. Um, and this is where we need to move to as a society, I think. So fingers I think you're absolutely right. And, and it's becoming, well, there was a big, big uh, exhibition last week about flexible working, the first one of its sort called Flexpo. There's another one coming up next spring, I think. All right. Um, and it was incredible to see to be in the same space as other people who share the same vision. We've all got slightly different slants on it, bring different experience and mm. um, approaches, but it's definitely the future of work. It is. And I've, I, I have seen not so long ago um, cases where uh, a team went out for a meal and one of them uh, was was working with some senior leaders and said um oh I've not heard yet from this senior leader and this was at 10 o'clock at night and it was just like I couldn't resist myself I'm sorry I said don't you ever <laughs> switch off don't you ever ever switch off um and actually it's all for the wrong reasons because they want to get on they want recognition um but actually does it give the right vibes does it give the right culture no I don't think it does no I, and I agree leadership and businesses have a big responsibility to to help people switch off and some some sectors so the law sector for example has something called the mindful business charter which is an organization to signing up to and it says things like respect other people's time mm. um, so don't expect people to be on 24 7 um, if you are clearing your inbox, then set the emails to send at seven in the morning, not at eleven at night. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, you're right there. I must. I don't. I don't work to that time, and I don't send emails at that time. But I have been known to send them at nine o'clock, and I feel guilty. And then you're right. You should set them so that they go in the morning first thing. Yeah, I think it's uh, the the challenge for a lot of people who work in businesses, in organisations, companies they might work across different time zones. Mm. So it gives you an internal, it gives that chimp brain the justification to be switched on for a lot mm. longer. Um, and actually, you, you, I call it time chunking. So you can split your time. So if you do work with the States, for example, and you've got a late call in the evening, well, that's fine, but make sure you take some time off in the day mm. to, to do something else something mm. personal private you know for your outside life um so you're not just slogging straight through i used to have a role where i worked with asia pack in the morning in the states in the afternoon and europe in the middle um, <laughs> and it was incredibly easy to just power through the whole day yeah but then i would stop and have supper with the family or i'd go out to the gym or take the dog out for a walk or I'd just do even go shopping you know yeah it's brilliant to go shopping in the middle of the afternoon is great because nobody else is there it's fantastic so mm. <laughs> um, yeah you just do different things really but you do businesses have as much responsibility as we do I think I, th I think you're right because so one of the things about my business that I love is I might work in the morning 
and then I might have my grandchildren turn up after school or something like that so I spend some time with them and then I'll go and do some more work in the evening because that's when I feel most productive uh-huh. so it's about understanding your cycles as well and when you're most productive isn't it I absolutely agree and I don't it's funny I think when you have your own business you connect with those far better than you mm. do when you're in corporate life mm. because I don't think the demands of corporate life expect you I am very very creative very first thing in the morning and later in the evening mm. that tends to be when I get my brain waves mm. um, but I do I do love this sort of I love the flexibility and choice to, to do the things I need to do but do them when I know mm. I'm going to do them at my best mm. it's great but yes yeah, it's, it's and then you, you're also staying connected with the things that matter outside of work, which is why you're in work in the first place. Exactly. So I think there's a really good message there. So thank you for that, Louise. 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 God, I don't know what's the matter with my mouth today. I've, okay. I've, you, know, you know that thing when in the morning or any time, actually, and you, you go off looking for something and you can't remember what it is. Well, that's what yeah. my brain feels like a bit today. <laughs> I shouldn't be telling listeners this, should I? But this is normal for I, most people, I think, at times. We, we, do, we do have it. I think everybody does. And um, it's, it's fine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so what's your vision and your mission for your business? What do you actually, what's the long-term vision? So my, my vision and mission, well, my mission is to infect as many businesses and people with flexible ways of working as I possibly can. Oh, I love that. I love the infect word. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm a bit maverick, so I do like to uh, say it provocatively mm. um, because I, I genuinely believe that giving people the choice and that's my fundamental one of the fundamental sort of foundation stones I have with the way that I create flexible working people have to have choice so if you want to go to the office every day that's fine um but giving people the choice and the option is really really important so but that's my mission um my vision is to grow my business quite considerably she says mm-hmm. being brave put my brave pants on yeah I don't want it just to be me um I I collaborate with a number of other people there's some new collaborations just launching mm-hmm. I connect with people in the space I'm a big believer that there are so many business well there's 5.9 SME mm. 5.9 million SME organizations in the UK alone mm-hmm. so I'd love to create what I'm calling the flex army Mm. of Mm. people who get it want to help spread spread the virus if you like Mm. uh, the infection and um you know maybe do some training programs for people and help people through the fear because for me managers and hr people even though Mm. it's my profession Mm. they struggle to visualize a world without policy procedures with lids on um where where people actually collaborate and come up with the right way of working for that team Mm. you're right yeah so that's that's what i want to do i'm quite happy to get the business as big as it needs to be to Mm. fulfill that vision it's a great vision i love it yeah that's really and i think it's very worthwhile and i think there does need to be a change so i hope you succeed so, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, I should be watching your space. <laughs> um, so what's the biggest lesson you've learned since you've been in business? 
I can't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. My biggest lesson. Mm. Um, that you need a tribe of people around you. And that tribe might change as you go through time and you learn things. Mm. Um, I've, it's about not reinventing the wheel. That's been my biggest lesson, that there are people around me or I can find who've been there, who've done it, who can guide me, mentor, advise, mm. and coach. You know, I've, I've consistently had a business coach mm. uh, since year, well, the beginning of year two of my business. Um, I've mm-hmm. joined masterminds to ensure that I'm constantly learning and developing the business and doing it the best I possibly can. So my mm. biggest learn has been to be brave and ask for help and the help is out there if you want it. Mm. I think that's right. And I think collaboration is also very much a key point, don't you? Because I just yeah. think, I think you yeah. bounce off each other as well. And therefore you then generate even better ideas. Yes, exactly. And I'm, I'm really excited about a collaboration that's just launching at the moment where I'm working with another amazing person in the flexible working space. Um, and we we've just connected we've just clicked and Mm. it's just going to be exciting because it it can be really lonely having a business on your own yeah and that's why collaborations are great masterminds or coaching groups are great or even just there's a lot of facebook groups that you can join that are free where you've just got people you can sound your ideas off on it's People yeah. really want to help each other, which is phenomenal compared to corporate life. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, you're right. They do. Um, I think. I think sometimes in corporate life, you um, get that you're thinking of getting on and you're protecting yourself because you don't know who to trust and who not to trust, which is very, very sad. Um, luckily, I've never been like that because I, I'm just an open person. Um, sometimes it's hurt me, but I couldn't change if I tried. And I think, I think that's about understanding yourself as well. Um, so yes. you're right. I think in business world, they, they are much more collaborative and open to working with other people and bouncing off each other. Yes, and you make a really good point there about knowing yourself. I think I can honestly say I have learned more about myself since I started my business mm. than, I, than I did during yeah. life. Yeah. Um, and even though I was in HR and I'm passionate about learning and de- developing people, I can honestly say I know more about me now than I ever did. Mm in one of those years mm. it doesn't surprise <laughs> it, it is sometimes isn't it and, and it's yeah. about you know I mean I'm very hot on strengths and and concentrating on strengths um I really think because I, I think back to I had a, a my daughter um was at school she was about eight and we were up the school every six weeks because she was always in trouble or so they said she was always something she'd done wrong and she was quite naughty but when you when you looked at what was happening she was always being told off um and not and not concentrating on her strengths and what she was good at and telling her and when we changed all of that um she blossomed and she did really really well and so we changed the school in the end because that's all they did. They concentrated on, on the negatives and the weaknesses. Well, we're all like that. If people concentrate on your strengths, 
um, then you blossom or you tend to. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got to work on your weaknesses, but get your strengths right and, and you really grow. You absolutely do. The mindset is critical. Mm. So it's, I think there are still a number of schools that focus on what you could develop more and you, you see it in corporate mm. life. Yeah. Unlike you, I focus on the strengths and what could we have done better. Mm. Um, but let's, let's nurture the strengths and go forward. And I'm, I also reflect a lot and be, try and see the positive and reframe everything to, okay, so this has happened yeah. that happened for a reason. What's going to happen now? Uh, um, journaling. I've recently got into journaling a lot more and um, right. being, you know, having gratitude. Yeah. And I think that's like, I'm studying, I'm just finishing my PG cert in business and personal coaching. I've been coaching for 20 years, but mm -hmm. I decided I wanted to my constant learning journey I wanted to get a, an accredited qualification mm -hmm. and one of the things that I've taken away from that is unconditional positive regard mm. always have unconditional positive regard for everyone I I've loved developing people my entire career mm -hmm. and coaching is a way for me to do that even more but to your point about strengths and weaknesses it's really enabled me to get my mindset clear about my own strengths. Mm -hmm. And I am a reform perfectionist. <laughs> um, and I used to, you know, I used to keep myself awake at night worrying about things that nobody else worried about. Mm. And my old boss used to say to me, you know, Lisa, your, um, your 80% is everybody else's 100%. Yeah. And that's it, isn't it? You need to give yourself a break and actually focus on what you're doing brilliantly rather than constantly picking up on the, the negative things. Mm. So I think it does, it takes, it, it's, you're, you're um, retraining your brain, you're creating a new habit, but thinking more about what you do well and praising yourself for it, which is not something we do easily. No, we it's don't. Really, it's, a, it's a brilliant trait for people to, to have. It is. Definitely. So I totally agree. And I'm not averse to um, reflecting on what didn't go so well. Um, as you said, we'll always start with what went well. Um, and let's, let's do more of that. Because yeah. I think that really makes a difference. And then what didn't go so well? Well, what have we learned from it? Um, I remember going to a talk from somebody who was high up in Google, and they talked about they celebrated their, their failures, because they always learned lessons from it. And I thought that was quite a good way of looking at at it because if you can learn something from it then it's fine isn't it? it it is absolutely but and I think we we fear rejection we fear failure mm. a lot of people do and I can say you know it's taken me decades to change this but some of the books I've read that have really helped me change are things like Black Box Thinking by Matthew Syed I saw him speak at I'm, I'm a school governor as well and I saw him speak at a governor's conference and it completely changed my outlook on things and we then brought the growth mindset um, culture into the school, but because it is about this continually, okay, that's happened. What happened? Let's build on it. Let's go forward. We do this well. Same as the red arrows, the analysis they do after every single flight, mm. there's no judgment. It's, it's very collaborative and mm. it's all done in the spirit of, we want to be even better. Mm. 
And I think that sort of approach where you're not fearing the witch hunt or the judgment or the penalty, which to be fair, in a lot of businesses doesn't happen anyway. No. So that we feel off. Um, I think that's a really open open way to address life and also it reduces, reduces your stress levels because you haven't got that adrenaline constantly pumping around your body every time you think about these things no you're right and 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 a good example of that was um i recently did a process map um walkthrough with a team um, and we've been doing a lot of work with the team and they were going through it and there was one place where there was quite a big hiccup and they were actually checking things in three times without realising that they'd been doing it three times. And so there was a conversation that went on between two of the team members and it was like, well, this happens because you do that. But what was good was they were a good team. They were working really well together because they didn't take it defensively. They just work, yeah. yeah, okay, what can we do to change this? What do I need to do to make this not happen again? And it was great to see that they were working properly together. So, yeah, That's you, amazing, isn't it? That's yeah, really yeah I've, I've, it, it, that was one of my um, moments in my heart when all oh, that made me sing. I was like, oh, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, that's, that's when great. you know you're getting somewhere, don't you? So. You totally do. You totally yeah. do. So what do you think makes a business owner a good leader? Well, it's, I think you've just covered that. I think it's about being a leader for me is someone who enables other people to be at their best. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't need to have all the answers and they know that other people, the power of many is stronger than the power of one. Mm. But the strongest thing for me is about their ability to show their vulnerability mm. because I think when you a good leader the leaders that I've I've really respected in the past are those that are strong in all senses of the word but are also human they they realize that they have um aspects that might go wrong or that you know they are just they're prepared to show their vulnerability mm. And um, and they're prepared to listen, mm. pro properly, actively listen. Yep, that is key, isn't it? And I think I think I think I totally agree with you. I think they're all traits that make the difference to me. Yes, definitely. And um, the, the leaders that I can think of who are like that, they you you instantly respect them. You want to follow them. Mm. Um, and you want, you know, you aspire to be like them because you can see, yeah. you can see you, you, a little bit of yourself in them. And, and also it gives you hope that, that you could reach their position one day if that's what you want to do, but you might not. But also, you know, they've got your back. Yeah. Do you know, that's really important, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's nothing worse than a, and I've worked with people who, yeah, I mean, yeah. We could, I tend not to dwell on those sorts of things. I mean, you you, you live and learn from experiences, but um, some people, their egos and their their desire for power overrides their humanity, mm. and that for me is a sign of a poor leader. Mm. And I always say, in a great team, you have no egos. I I think that's vital. Absolutely. Yeah. 
yeah so that's really good and that's really helpful for people to know what they need to be aspiring to so what have you learned from previous managers in your life good or bad something that stands out to you yes what have i learned from previous managers um on the i'll start with i'll start with a a not to do first mm -hmm. Managers and leaders shouldn't isolate their team members mm. because they feel that gives them control. Mm. Um, mm. It's emotional abuse, if nothing else. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, the, and, and the what I've learned from good leaders is to give people time to talk mm. and listen to them properly. Mm. I yeah. think that's the really big thing is that when you feel that you're being heard mm. and that they've, they've got time for you, whatever's going on in their life, your commitment to them just, I don't know, multiplies by infinity almost. Totally agree. Yeah, I think they're two really good points. So thank you for that. Thank you. What would be your number one piece of advice for people who want to start their own business? Thinking back to when you started. Be brave. Yeah. Yeah. Be brave and just do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that's a really good point because we get so stuck in the planning quite often and not actually ever achieve anything. So I think you're right. Totally. Yeah. It's, um, I think it is definitely uh, a case if you can talk yourself out of it, unless you accidentally fall into it like I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, at saying that, I joke you make a conscious decision yeah. i made a conscious decision yes i'm going to do this i haven't got a clue what i'm doing but i'm going to give it a go and that was and that was a very scary moment and my primitive brain was shouting at me but my my sort of rebel brain was going yeah let's go for it so, <laughs> and i'm always like conservative so go for it be brave just do it yeah that's a really good one so thank you for that if you were going to start your business again from scratch, would you do anything differently? Yes, <laughs> I would. And what I would do differently were, would be I would maximise my network before I launched. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, my situation was slightly different. I was being made redundant. I had six weeks notice of that and I couldn't actually communicate externally or internally we were asked to keep it quiet for three weeks right and bearing in mind that difficult two of the residual weeks were just before christmas so it's a pretty dead time yeah um so for me it was difficult to get out there but if you're thinking of creating your own business and i would start thinking about networking with the right people connecting with the right people on linkedin yeah. going through, looking outside of your normal zone for events on eventbrite that could introduce you to people that could help you um yeah so it was it would be definitely maximize the network um and you can do so much on your own before you need to need to bring in outsource help like accountants and such like there's an awful lot you can do so yeah don't don't get roped into signing up for costs that you can't really afford until you're ready. Mm, I had this conversation yesterday, shiny um, new objects, we called it. And it's quite interesting how you can get sucked in. And that's one of the things I would change if I was starting again. 
Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Yes, I think I've succumbed to the shiny objects more recently, mm-hmm. um, probably sort of two year two to three. Mm. And I, <laughs> saying that, I've just been doing a purge on my Facebook groups that I've signed up to and my emails because uh-huh. um, I think when you, because having your own business can be a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. And when you, so when you do have a bit of a down slope and they're not massive, you start to, your primitive brain shouts at you, oh, you need to do this. So you sign up for all mm. of those things that miraculously appear in your Facebook feed or your email. Yeah. And actually, yeah. I've still got a whole host that I've never actually read, listened to. <laughs> I think it's, that it's not just me. <laughs> no, it's not just you. Um, so yeah, shiny objects is a scary thing, but I didn't, I, I didn't succumb to that too early. I think it's been further on. Yes. When I've See, been trying to change direction that it's suddenly gone. Ah! <laughs> yeah, do you know, I think mine was year two and three, so... <laughs> And now I'm going, no, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> no, it's funny, isn't it? So I think it's somebody is, I've seen this phrase so many times, stay in your lane mm. and don't succumb to comparisonitis. The it's reason true. you're doing what you're doing is because you've got something special. Yeah. And you need to hold on to that and not, not look at Mary or Bob because they're doing something in a similar sphere there's enough work in this world for all of us yeah stay in your lane yeah and I think that's a really great tip to share with everybody so we're on the last question what's the biggest tip you would share with other business owners for them to take away from this podcast oh that's a really good one and I think for me the biggest tip is you've got an opportunity to create the life that you've always wanted. Mm-hmm. So it's something I use in coaching. I know other people use it as well. Be brave and visualize what you would really want. So my tip is visualize your ideal life, put it on a vision board, put it on a Pinterest or your computer screen and keep that firmly in mind because as you ride the business roller coaster, having that dream will keep you focused on where you actually want to go. And it might only be you want a fantastic holiday next year or you want this or you want that. And it's not always materialistic things. It might mm-hmm. just be more time, which is ultimately precious. Yeah. But, but be brave. You've got this amazing opportunity. to. You are in control to create exactly what you want. Mm. No, I think that's a really good one to end with and and a really lovely note as well. So thank you for that, Lisa. And really, really enjoyed talking to you. I could have spoken to you for hours, to be honest. (laughs) Thank Um, you. um, A lot lot of thoughts in common as well, um, but with a slightly different slant. So that's interesting to to listen. And I think you always gain more from talking to people um when it's like that so i i really enjoyed our conversation so thank you thank you for having me i've had an absolutely lovely chat thank you so much thank you this is the people mentor signing off for the moment see you next time bye thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the podcast if you need any help or advice please contact nicola on Nicola Richardson at thepeoplementor.co.uk The People Mentor, driving your business forward.